The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss B2B software buying and how it affects marketers. Joining us is Chris Voci, who is the Vice President of Market Research at G2, which is the world's largest software marketplace, providing trusted reviews on a wide range of software products and services. And today, Chris and I are going to discuss the five factors shaping the B2B software buying process. Okay, here's my conversation with Chris Voci, the Vice President of Market Research at G2. Chris, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Excited to have you here. Always excited to meet a member of the G2 team. I mentioned offline, we've been stuck with Palmer Huchkin. Houchkins? I can never pronounce his last name. Houchkins. Your VP of Marketing. Houchkinsons? I see. <laughs> Clearly, I'm butchering this already, so it's nice to be able to talk to somebody else in the organization. Palmer, we can't stand you. Come back, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've all heard of G2. We've all used G2, a trusted resource for understanding what's the best software and services to go buy in the B2B sector. But you do a little bit more than that. You're also helping people understand what is happening in software buying. You did a report. Tell me a little bit about it. What are the five factors shaping B2B software buying? All right. So G2's market research team, one of the things that we love doing every year is producing an annual report. It is our benchmark report on software and services buyer behavior. It's based on a survey of over 1,700 global B2B software services decision makers. And we ask them about their buying preferences, their challenges, behaviors, We're looking for some of the trends and year-over-year insights that will help our audience. And we create this report for vendors to help them better understand the plans, behaviors, attitudes of software buyers. And specifically, how can we help them win, delight, and keep those customers as buyers? So you mentioned that you surveyed 1,700 decision makers. I want to yeah. click into that a little bit because a decision maker can be me at a company uh, you know, that is less than 15 people, only a single technical employee. And it could be the vice president of marketing at Salesforce. Big difference in the customer profile. Tell me a little bit more about how you found decision makers and what's the criteria there. 
So it's an online survey, as I said, over 1,700 decision makers with responsibility or influence over purchase decisions for their departments, multiple departments, operating uses, or even entire businesses. And the respondents, there's a range. They have titles ranging from, you know, they might be an individual contributor. They could be a manager, director, VP, or higher. And we capture that as part of the demographics of the survey. At times, we might compare what an individual contributor might think or believe versus an executive. Okay, so we've got a wide variety of decision makers. Tell me some of the questions that you asked in the survey. What are some of the things that you were asking for decision maker feedback on? The survey runs the game, and we start with even asking higher level questions about their perception of budget. Is your budget increasing? Is it decreasing? Are you spending more on software this year, spending less? We ask them about the process itself. Who's involved? How many people are involved? I think one of the exciting additions this year, because of just about when we started fielding the survey, AI was starting to take the world by storm. We were able to ask, how important it is that the solutions that you're buying have AI capabilities built in? Do you trust them? Even diving into the process itself, how is security involved? Who's involved in the buying process? Any pressures? You know, what do they expect from vendors? A huge range of questions for those that are familiar with the size of a survey. I mean, it's about a 17-minute survey. That's a big survey. So you're getting a lot of detail about what's happening in the buying process. And just having done this podcast, I've got some assumptions about what was going to be said. Rumor has it that the buying process is becoming more self-selected, that consumers want to be able to do their own research and be less sales pestered, let's call it. But then they want to be able to engage sales reps quickly. That's what everybody's telling me on the podcast. Is it true? Absolutely. Huge theme of self-service in terms of some of the insights that we were pulling. So just going back to what you had said about the involvement of salespeople, 66%, so two-thirds of the audience say that salespeople are not generally involved in the research phase. So leading up, two-thirds of them aren't even engaging with sales, perhaps painful for those in sales. The respondents also cited that salespeople were cited as the least influential source in a purchasing process. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. And two-thirds say they usually engage Again, a little bit more, say they usually engage a salesperson at a software company only when they've made a purchasing decision. So there's a lot that happens before they even speak with the salesperson on average. All right. So people aren't basically using salespeople the same way that they used to, which is to get information about products and services. They don't want to be influenced. They're making their own decision. And then they're engaging the sales rep basically to punch the ball in from the one yard line to use a sports metaphor. It's like the fullback. You give the ball when you need to get one more inch to dunk it home. Anyway, that can't be the only learning that came from your study. So tell me a little bit about what the other factors are that are shaping the B2B software buying process. So just because salespeople aren't involved doesn't mean the vendor's not involved. So I spoke earlier about self-service and buyers are looking for, particularly if we were looked even regionally between North America, EMEA, Asia-Pac, Asia-Pac in comparison to other regions were more likely to want self-service at every, you know, whether it be research, evaluation, making a decision, implementation, they want 
self-service options more, but even thinking to what you said earlier, just because they're not involved with a salesperson doesn't mean they're not involved with a vendor. During the research phase, one of the most influential sources for a buyer, we found they report that company's website is helpful during the research. But again, self-service, very important. Self-service, which to me, what I'm inferring is content marketing, your ability to produce content and help the customer be self-selecting, to be educated on what your product can actually do. If we're not going to talk to salespeople, we need to be able to get the information on our own. What are some of the other big factors that you noticed? Even sometimes just to retain, just on the privacy front, they said 61% of respondents said they're less likely to purchase a software product if a vendor requires them to provide information like an email address name prior to releasing pricing information or product demos. So again, that puts a lot of pressure on vendors to make sure that they're allowing buyers, giving them the information they need so that they can educate themselves. And when they're ready, that's when they want to be able to engage. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. All right, so no more gated content, no more gated pricing. Your sales team isn't going to be able to jump on every lead the second they come in the door. You're probably not even going to have contact information. People basically want to research your product anonymously, which is taking the sales team out of the process. Were there any other major factors, or are we just all independently researching all of our products on our own? Well, I'd say I put them in a bucket of five. The first major insight was just the enthusiasm that we saw around generative AI and it spurred a real frenzy of businesses looking to secure a competitive advantage. And over 80% of the respondents say that it is important that the software they purchase moving forward has AI functionality. So huge majority. And what was more was interesting is that they actually trust AI-powered solutions. And when we introduced the question, I expected 
a lower level of trust in AI, a little bit more skepticism, but 78% said that they trust strongly the accuracy and the reliability of AI-powered solutions. So insight one, they do see AI as foundational to business strategy. So artificial intelligence is not only a buzzword, something that people are actively looking for in terms of their solution. What else did you notice? Well, keeping to the AI theme, I think one of the predictions where I think the data is trending is AI will drive legal teams to be increasingly involved in software purchases. So if you ask the vast majority of the buyers today report that IT plays a very big role in the vetting of the security of software purchases. If you look at those that are enthusiastic about AI as compared to the rest of the, you know, those that are higher proclivity to purchase AI technology in the next year, you see a jump in the involvement of legal departments in those decisions. And by the way, that becomes really important because now uh, we're potentially going to have to worry about the data that's being ingested, the output and the accountability around the output of generative AI solutions. And I was at a conference and, uh, with an enterprise vendor CEO, and he mentioned off the cuff, my customers are asking for AI capabilities and the solutions that we're delivering, but their legal departments are saying no. So for software vendors, there's a big red flag there that when you think about the buying process, that there's another hurdle that they need to consider. So the legal team, not so enthusiastic about artificial intelligence, probably has to do with not only the prospects data, but how consumer data is actually being used. What are we feeding into the large language models were there other factors that you noticed? People want artificial intelligence, legals getting in the way. Anything in terms of like pricing, how that's changing? Are there different models that are coming up? I think one of the exciting insights or just one of the big ahas here was that when we looked at that, again, that population of enthusiastic AI buyers, one, they were more willing to spend about 59% anticipated spending is going to increase in 2024. So when you compare that to the non-AI buyers, so we categorize it, you know, like who are AI buyers versus non-AI buyers, AI buyers were 10% higher overall. So one, they're more willing to spend. When you looked at, you know, because we ask questions kind of probing at deal size, 84% are typically involved in deals larger than 50,000 compared to 75% for the non-AI buyers, meaning 72% are typically involved in deals larger than $100,000 compared to 60% for non-AI buyers. So Chris, tell me a little bit about the buying process. How is that changing over time? Yes, people want to be self-selected, but do they have to go through the same hurdles? Uh, you mentioned legal before. Is it easier or harder to buy software these days? Well, there's some pressure. So over 80% of our respondents said that they have an official buying process in place for purchasing software. Yet business pressure, so think about our buyers today and the pressures that they face, putting ourselves in their shoes, they still face a lot of pressure internally to deliver results, and that's changing behavior. If you take a look at, say, we also ask, have you veered from your purchasing process? We ask those that say, yes, I have. And almost unanimously, 93% of them said they did so because they needed to move quickly and there was a pressure to deliver. All right. So the pace of buying needs to be a little bit faster. What are some of the factors that are influencing that purchase behavior? What are some of the other factors that you noticed? Value, scalability, and ease are the top three considerations for software buyers. 
regardless if it's a small business, enterprise, or mid-market customer, those are the top three. A little bit of variation, depending on the size of the company, like small businesses tend to prioritize ease of use and ease of implementation, while a medium size and enterprise companies need solutions that will keep up. So they tend to bail scalability more. Yeah, it's interesting. You'd think that it would be the opposite, that the smaller companies are the ones that are actually going to do the implementation is the person that's buying it so they can deal with more complicated processes as opposed to larger companies where it has to be rolled out across a whole bunch of people would want something that's easier to just layer across the organization. At the end of the day, simplicity seems to matter very much. Any other factors that we didn't mention that you want to raise in terms of what are the factors shaping B2B software buying? I think you hit right on it. There's a very clear theme in the survey that buyers want solutions that are going to work together without added complexity. So over 80% of the respondents say it is important to them that the software they buy integrates with their existing solutions. So they ranked ease of integration even higher than the cost of the software. So they care more about that ease of integration more so than what it costs. You know, the farther we get along with MarTech, with content marketing, just marketing sophistication in general, the more it affects us as marketers, the more the buyer is now expecting to be able to understand the information that they need without talking to someone, to be able to figure out if they can install the product, they want to integrate new technology seamlessly into their existing stack, and they want to understand their pricing quickly. This is something that we used to say, okay, you know what, my sales team is going to have to build a custom package for you and make sure that they can manage the implementation. Those days are gone. People expect what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and they want it now. And it leaves a lot of questions for us as marketers in terms of how do we deliver on those high expectations. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chris Voci, the Vice President of Market Research at G2. Join us again tomorrow when Chris and I continue our conversation talking about tips for B2B software marketers. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Chris Voce, that's C-H-R-I-S-V-O-C-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is g2.com. And on g2.com and on the MarTech podcast website for this episode, you can find a link to the buyer behavior report. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. 
Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.